Well, okay. I, I tell you, when, when I laid this sermon series out many months ago, um, this is just one of those messages, and you just you have those, and just so you know, I preach out of a burden. I preach out of a burden that God gives me uh, just, just, just to preach his word and just to be able to stand on his word. And this is one of those messages in this series that I just felt like, you know what? Well, I just got a word for our church, and it, it's just been burning in me. And so, uh, so please, uh, forgive me for my voice and struggling through it. We'll get through this together. And uh, I actually feel worse than I sound, so uh, if that encourages you. So, so we've, been in, we've been through this series, and we've been looking at this issue of faith. And we've taken Abraham's life because the Bible says in, in Hebrews that Abraham was a man that demonstrated great faith. So if we want to learn what faith looks like, if we want to learn the picture of faith, then it makes sense to go look at the guy that the Bible would say, this man, he lived it. This man demonstrated a life of just great faith. Now, we've been looking at the different phases of Abraham's life, and I've told you this, that the greatest commentary on Scripture is Scripture itself. And so as a result of that, we're going to look at Acts 27 this morning. We will not be in Genesis like we've been in the the last few weeks, but we're going to look at Acts chapter 27. You see, I believe, and when you look at Abraham's life, you see this, that there's different phases of life. There's different phases of, of fulfilling a call that God has on your life. The first phase is this, a dream. God will give you a dream. God will give you a call on your life. Abraham had that experience. We looked at that. Abraham had a call. He had a dream that was on his life. And then you see the next phase that the individual now has to make a decision. The individual, like Abraham, has to make a decision to, to live out that call, to, to follow God, to agree with God that that's my call and I'll, and I'll line my life. In other words, that I'll make room for God in my life. So there's the dream, there's the, there's the decision. And the next thing that comes, when you look at Scripture, you find this. The next thing that comes is difficulty or delay. When we left off with Abraham, Abraham was in this area of difficulty, or he's in this area of delay. You see, a lot of times, it's in that period of delay, it's in that period of difficulty that God presses in your life to develop something in you, to help you define out what is that dream, what is that call, maybe to build character in your life so that you're able to stay true to him and you're able to follow him. And so the reason we're looking at Acts chapter 27, because we need to know how to deal with this issue of of difficulty. And when you look at Acts 27, you find that many times in Acts 27, the word difficulty, and there's a shipwreck. You see, Paul is a prisoner at this point. They're transporting Paul to Italy. And so Paul is on board of this ship, and God speaks to Paul, and Paul tells them, do not set sail. That if you set sail, that, we will, that, that there will be a storm and there will be a shipwreck. But they didn't listen to Paul. They got impatient. Whenever we get impatient with life, usually bad things happen. Whenever we get impatient with God's will, usually bad things happen. And they got impatient, and they set sail anyway, even though God had, uh, Paul had stood up and told them, this is what God has said to me. And they entered into difficulty. And it's out of this chapter that we can look and take some principles into our life and help us navigate, help us understand how do we go, how do we navigate through life 
when there's difficulty. Paul the Lord said this. He said, life would not be so hard if we did not believe it would be so easy. It's really true. Life would not be so difficult. Life would not be so hard if we didn't develop this false belief that it was supposed to be easy. Whether it's entering a profession, whether it's pursuing a degree, whether it's a career, whether it's a marriage, whether it's parenting, whether it's the holidays, whether it's the Christian life. Now I have God. Now I have a relationship with Him. And now I'm not going to go through any difficulty. And I'm not going to go through any problems in life. When Jesus was very upfront, there is going to be difficulty. Because it's in the difficulties of life that God takes and presses in on our life. When we look at Scripture and when we look at our life, we realize it's about four causes of difficulty in life when we go through difficulty. The first one is this, self. I mean, if we're honest, if I'm honest, I could tell you, you know what? I probably caused, I have caused most of the difficulty in my life. If we're honest and we have a conversation, we can realize, you know what? There's a lot of difficult situations I went through in life. I look back on that is a poor decision. I either got impatient, shouldn't gotten involved in that. I mean, we know that, right? In fact, is when you look at Scripture, you find that to be true of men and women in Scripture. That a lot of times it was self, it was a decision that they made that guided them into difficulty. It was just a choice. And the second thing that can cause a shipwreck and our, our difficulty in your life is this, others. It can be a choice of someone else. This is the case with Paul. Paul has said, God has spoken to me. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to obey him. And I'm going to leave the results. I'm going to leave the, the consequences up to him. He stood up. 276 people on board that ship. He stood up and looked at the 275 and says, don't set sail. There's a storm coming. We're going to have a, a shipwreck. They ignored him. It wasn't his fault. So self, others. Satan. Satan can cause difficulty in your life. Satan can cause shipwrecks in your life. And then the fourth one is this. Scripture also teaches that God. God can guide us into some times that may be difficult for us so that we learn that he is true and he is holy and and we can follow him and we can trust him. There may be some of you here this morning that you've gone through or maybe going through a storm. Maybe in your past you could say, I've had an, well, I've had an emotional shipwreck. I've had a relational shipwreck. I've had a shipwreck in parenting or, or marriage. I've had a financial shipwreck in my life. I've had an emotional shipwreck shipwreck in my life and I've had a time in my life it was just a shipwreck and it was some health issues and some health challenges and I believe that this morning out of God's word that God has a word for us this morning in the, in the holiday season in the holiday time 
uh, how to handle, how to walk through difficulty. Because statistics show us that the Christmas season is the most stressful and can be the most difficult time in many people's lives. So we're just going to walk through this chapter together. Uh, We're going to look at at when encountering difficulties. Uh, Please notice I didn't say if. I didn't say possibly. You see, there's, there's three, we're in three categories here this morning. Either, either, you're about ready to, either you're about ready to head into difficulty in your life, either you're in difficulty in your life, or you're coming out of difficulty in your life. So this morning, regardless whether you think you need this message or not, because you're not in difficulty, I will tell you the day will come when you will need this message. So the first thing that we need to understand and we need to just grab onto when we encounter difficulty is we've got to be careful who you allow to speak into your life. You've got to get that, and you've got to understand that. Not everybody has your best interest at heart. Not everybody really cares about you. And we've got to grab that principle that when you go through difficulty, be very, very, very careful who you allow the right, the ability to speak into your life. Verse 11, but the centurion, that's the guy that can make the decision whether whether we set sail or not. But the centurion paid more attention to who? the experts of their day, the pilot, and to the owner of the ship than he did to what Paul had said. They knew Paul was a godly man. They knew Paul had done some great things. They knew God had done some great things through Paul, some miracles and all this other stuff. Paul stands up and says, God has spoken to me. Do not set sail. Who do they listen to? They listen to the experts of their day. They listen to the experts of their day instead of the word of God. We've got a lot of experts in our day, right? whether they're talk show hosts, whether they're self-help books, or whether they're your friends that have gone through emotional shipwrecks and their life is a disaster, but they are an expert into your life. Be very, very careful. I'm just telling you as your pastor, be very careful when you go through difficulty in your life who you give the right to speak into your life. If God has told you to do something, Regardless of what the experts of the day say, obey him, trust him, and leave the results. Leave leave the results up to him. He can be trusted. So the first thing when we enter difficulty is be careful who speaks in your life. The second thing is this. Be very, very skeptical of, of majority opinion. Listen, the majority is not always right, right? Be careful. And a lot of times, we as adults, we, we, we give kids such a hard time, whether they're in middle school, whether they're in high school, or whether they're in college, about this issue of, of peer pressure. But us adults deal with peer pressure the same way they do, right? And there are people that spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they do not like. And we, and we just got to be careful about this issue of peer pressure. Here's what the Bible says, verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority, the majority ruled. The majority decided. Why? Based upon circumstances. They decided not to put out to sea. From, they decided to put out uh, to sea from there on the chance. We don't live life on chance. We live life on the confidence of his word and his promise 
and what he has called us to do. The world, the majority, will always live life based upon circumstances and based upon chance. That somehow they could reach Phoenix and Harbor and Crete, facing both southwest and northwest and spend the winter there. See, the majority was making decisions because of circumstances. Because of based on the circumstances, there was a chance, there was a hope that they could make it. The vote, if you want to look at the vote, there was 276 people on board the ship. And so obviously the vote was probably 275 to 1. The majority is not always right. Be very careful. Well, everyone's doing it. Everyone else would handle this situation this way. Everyone else would deal with this and cave and the majority is not always right. The third thing is this, is when we encounter difficulty, be very cautious of relying on circumstances. God's will is not based upon circumstances. We're above that, right? So don't let your circumstances limit what God wants to do in your life. Don't let your circumstances limit your trust of him. Be very cautious when you go into into difficulty of relying on circumstances. Verse 13. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing they had obtained their purpose. Now listen, I, I, I seriously could preach a whole series on Acts 27 about this whole issue. About this issue and worship. And two are very, very important through this. But watch this. So the NIV would say, okay, so the, this is the ESV. It says, supposing they had attained their, their purpose. The NIV would render that verse this way and say, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. You do not know, as pastor, how many people that I have sat down with in my office or in the halls or by, by email or however we were communicating. And I was telling someone, you know what? You are headed into an emotional shipwreck. You are headed into a relational shipwreck. You are headed into a financial shipwreck. That you just got to get this. You just got to understand this. And how many times men and women have responded back to me and says, this is what I want. I've attained what I have. What I- have wanted. Just what I want. I've watched marriages blow apart. I've watched families blow apart. I've watched people blow out of ministry and the call that God has had on their life. Do you understand? It's what I want. And the circumstances right now, Charlie, they're awesome. They're very favorable. The wind is starting to blow and the sun is out and there's not a cloud in the sky. And I'm going to set sail on this journey because I have obtained what I want. See, we as believers, we don't live life. We don't make decisions based upon circumstances. We're, we're above that. We are called to something different than that. That means that you live life 
with biblical principles and you live life for the call that is on your life. And that means you don't say yes to everybody that asks you out for a date. You're discerning. You don't say yes to every job opportunity. You don't say yes to everything. Even if it appears, if listen, if God says don't do it, don't do it. Paul stands up and looks 275 people in the eyes. He says, God has told me, don't set sail. We're headed into, sh- into a storm. Now, listen, we know this from this scripture. It may be the most difficult difficulty to deal with. Paul was innocent. And now Paul is going through the storm with 275 other people. A decision that was not his. A choice that was not. You know what this tells me? Not every shipwreck is your fault. Not every shipwreck in your life is your fault. Others can cause shipwrecks by their decisions, storms in your life. Listen, the most difficult thing to do for believers, when I sit down with believers and talk with them, is to bring them to the point to where they just own what is theirs to own. Now listen, oftentimes when people make that bad decision and they bring you into an emotional shipwreck, they will blame you. That is not a healthy person. That is not a healthy person. That is not a healthy relationship. And even when you confront them, they say, oh, wait a minute. The reason I made that decision is because you said this, because you did this. So they're blaming you. The most difficult thing in the the Christian life when I talk to, to Christians is this. Learning. You can only own your sin. You only have to own what is yours. And so many times when people go through emotional shipwrecks or they go through storms and difficulty in life, they cross over and they try to own somebody else's bad decision like they're the ones that made that. Or they're the ones that forced them to make that decision. That will take you dead. Some of you here this morning, you just need to hear. Not every shipwreck. Is your fault. You may de- be dealing with the consequences of a decision that someone else had, had made, and I, I truly don't know if it's worth spending a lot of an emotional energy when you go through difficulty trying to figure out whose fault, where it came from self, others, Satan, God. But I do believe what is very important, regardless, self, others, if you say, God, what do you want me to learn from this? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to to react? Because God doesn't want you to give up. We'll understand that in a few minutes. It's just in Scripture. He don't want you to give up. He don't want you to throw in the towel. But he wants you to grow up. And he wants you to mature in him. See, difficulties, there's several things that difficulties can cause us to do. 
And I understand in preaching that it's, it's taught in preaching, so my preaching professor probably wouldn't like this part of the sermon, is all your points are kind of positive, and I understand that these points are, are negative. But the text gives us great warning into some things about, about difficulties and that difficulties can cause us to do if we're not careful. The first thing is this, that if you're not careful, difficulties can cause you to drift. Difficulties can cause you in life to drift. They can cause you in life to give up. They can cause you in life to say, why even bother? Why even care? Uh, you, you don't see that in Paul's life. I, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I said what I was supposed to do. And now that I've got this difficulty because of somebody else's decision, I'm walking through these problems. Here, here's how it plays out in Scripture, verse 15. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, see, these guys made a decision on circumstances when the sun was out. No clouds in the sky, a gentle wind, and now all of a sudden, they, 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 we, didn't, we didn't buy in for the storm. Gave way and to it, and they were driven along. Scripture says, and if we had time, we could read all of Acts 27, but Scripture teaches us that in Acts 27 that that they hadn't seen the stars and the moon for 14 days. The storm was that violent. That may not seem like a big deal to us because we got iPhones and we got GPS and, and we've got all these abilities to navigate even through that. But for them, the guys that focus on circumstances, they lost their equilibrium. Because they're guided by circumstances. And now, they have no direction. You see, they had a direction. They had a goal. They had a purpose. Their purpose was what? To take Paul to Italy. To stand trial. Now they begin to drift. And they allow circumstances to determine their direction. We hear this all the time when people will say things like, you know what, I just give up. You know, throw in the towel, I just quit. I mean, why even bother? I mean, and they no longer have any goals. They no longer have any purpose. They no longer have any, any passion. You know, you know what I think is so sad is when I meet someone and they have no passion for life. No reason to get up in the morning except to do the same thing over every day. If you're not careful, a shipwreck in your life can bring you to the point where you start drifting in life. And you just kind of see yourself as a victim. And you just got to just kind of get through it. So, so difficulties can cause us to drift, but difficulties can also cause us to act um, impulsively. To where if you watch and you watch people go through difficulties in life, you will find that sometimes people will begin to act impulsively and do things that, that are self-destructive to them. Uh, they can do things that they normally wouldn't do because they're in the shipwreck and all of a sudden they're in the storm and all of a sudden they're, doing, they're, they're acting impulsively. Verse 18, since we were violently, I mean, this is a huge storm. 
since we were violently storm-tossed. And that is like crazy what they start doing. They start jettisoning the, the cargo. So they give up on their purpose. They give up on their meaning. They were to take the cargo. They were to take Paul. So the first thing they do, they start tossing cargo overboard. Because why? Because they deal in circumstances. They start dealing. So they start throwing the cargo overboard. We could read on verse 19. It says they started throwing tackle overboard. Well, they need the tackle, right? So now they're, they're panicked. And then the scripture says that they started throwing food overboard. And they're about ready to start throwing prisoners overboard. When Paul begins to intervene. In other words, they were, they were discarding things that were once important and valuable to them. Let it not surprise you when people go through storms and people go through difficulty that they throw overboard and they discard and they reject their values, their morality, things that they once valued they no longer value, the relationships that they once valued that could speak into their life and to give them encouragement. They now look at that individual as the enemy or you're just against me and you don't want me happy. See, people that are driven by circumstances, people that go into storms, a lot of times will start casting off the things that they once valued. Whether it's church and worship is usually the first thing that goes. Maybe a life group. People that could sit around a room and open the word and speak into their life and encourage them, pray for them. Maybe it was a ministry. They knew God had called them to do and God had used them in and now they got some circumstances going on in their life and they no longer have any purpose and meaning so we'll just drift. We'll drift in and out. Cast off some relationships. If you're not careful, circumstances, storms of life can cause you, if you allow them, to get rid of some things that were vital to your success and that's why you hear people say I'm just out of here and I'm chunking it all or throwing in the towel and I'm giving up on this marriage and I'm giving up on this relationship and I'm giving up on this career see verse 31 Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers unless these men stay in the ship that's huge. You cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat, which is the, that's the life rafts. That's the escape route. Because see, previously to this in the scripture, the men were sneaking into the life rafts and there were some men that were just going to bail. 
God had told Paul that unless you stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Have you, in your life, and where God has placed you, in a relationship, a career, a profession, a call, ministry, marriage, say we're cutting away the life rafts. We're cutting away the escape route. And I'm staying with what God has called me to. Escape, quitting, drifting, bailing, giving up, throwing in the towel is not an option for me. Because I'm telling you this, in the midst of a storm, there are some things that God wants to press into your life and there's some things that God wants you to, to learn in the midst of of a storm and don't abandon what he has called you to. Another thing that if we're not careful can happen during difficulty is this and, and we can despair. Or maybe we could say we could lose hope. Maybe that would be a better way to say it. Verse 20. When either sun or stars appeared for many days. So, okay, for, for, for guys that are driven by circumstances, this is not a good situation. And so he says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, here we go, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Here's what I've learned in Scripture. Here's what I've learned even in life and watching it play out in life that usually hope is the last thing that goes in a storm, in, in a crisis in life. You, you know how you know biblically, we could play this out in Scripture, but also in your life is this. You know how you know when you have lost hope in life? Is when you come to the place, you come to the belief, it's a false belief, but when you come to the place in your life that you believe that in your situation, in your storm, in your difficulty, that next week is not going to be any better than today or next month, or next year. That is when you lose hope. Is when, and that's what these guys, they had, when they lost all hope, why? Because they didn't think they could be saved. They didn't think that there was any answer to their problems, and they, they just gave hope. They gave up hope. You see, see, there's a difference between Paul and the other guys, right? The 275. The 275 are focused on what? They're focused on circumstances. Paul's focused on God and that he is faithful and that he is true. And that I can trust him and I can leave the results up to him. And I can obey him and just call it, just call it good. Everything in this situation is falling apart except for Paul. The prisoners are falling apart. The 275 are falling apart. The ship is breaking up. But not Paul. Why? Because Paul's focus is on God. And Paul somehow is at peace. You see, Paul understood 
We'll see this played out over and over in Acts 27. Paul understood, even in the midst of the storm of your life, God is in control. We do not base our faith, we do not base our life on this issue of circumstances. We base it on him and him alone. Another thing that if we're not careful that circumstances can cause us to do is we'll just blame others. We will not own what is ours to own. And all of a sudden, the reason that we're going through a shipwreck, the reason we're going through the storm is because of everybody else. And so we begin to blame. Watch this, verse 21. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. Okay, so now listen. This is biblical grounds. When we say, I told you so, that is biblical. (laughs) Paul said it. Paul did it. Why? Because Paul knows this. Paul knows in any healthy relationship, you've got to own what is yours to own. I'm telling you. Paul understood for them to get, get healthy, for them to get into a good place, you've got to own what is yours to own. And so Paul says, guys, it was your crummy decision, not me. I stood up on the board of the ship. I said this. Don't do it. You guys did it. Well, let's just read what Paul said. Men, you should have listened to me and not set sail. You shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have lived life based upon circumstances. You should not have lived life based upon fear about how someone's going to respond or what they're going to say to you. And because of that, you've incurred this injury and loss. Listen, if you're in a shipwreck right now, if you're in an emotional storm right now, admit what is yours to admit. Admit it. Take responsibility for it. Accept it. You will never get healthy. You will never have healthy relationships until you do, until you're able to do that. If you're sitting down with someone and you're having a conversation with someone and you confront them just like Paul confronted these and their answer back to you, well, I know that was sin, but the reason I did that was because you did this, because you said this, because you behaved like this. That's not accepting responsibility. That is blaming everybody else for your stuff, for your problems. See, Paul knew. Listen, you can, I'm telling you. I'm really going to lose my voice in a second. Paul knew, and Scripture teaches, you cannot help somebody in a storm that will not accept responsibility. And you cannot cross over and accept it for them. It's something that they have to do. See, so many times when people go into storms of life, they cast off their values, things that they once said were values to them, whether it's morality, whether it's to handle business, whether it's how they handle their life, they cast it off. They cast healthy relationships off. They cast healthy friendships off. When, when family or friends or someone tries to speak into their life, you, you, you tell them uh, that it's someone else's fault. It's their fault. It's their problem. If they, You'll never get healthy. I promise you on his word. Not because I say it, because God says it. Another thing is that if we're not careful, what will happen is in difficulty, in storms of life, we will be overwhelmed. If you are not careful, storms of life can overwhelm you. Here's what the scripture says, and we're going to move quickly. 
Verse 34. Now remember, I'd read earlier that they hadn't eaten for a number of days. That's important. That's critical. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength. Have you ever gone through a difficulty in life where you could no longer eat? You could no longer take care of yourself. You could no longer eat. You could no longer sleep. You could no longer, maybe if you work out, work out, have exercise. You no longer had hobbies. You no longer take care of yourself. Isn't it interesting? The first thing that Paul tells this group of people to do, eat. Take care of yourself. Why? Because you need your strength. Because when you don't eat and when you don't sleep, it is hard to make solid biblical decisions. So the first thing that Paul tells them to do, take food, eat, for not a hair is to perish from the head of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, giving thanks to God. In other words, he magnified the Lord in front of everybody. He didn't do it just in church. He didn't do it just in his life group. Man, watch this. Paul magnifies the Lord. And he takes bread. And he eats. Before he does, he prays for his meal. And he thanks God for provisions. Because it came from him. And giving thanks to God in the presence of all, the other 275, began to eat. Then they were all encouraged. One saves many on that ship. Then they were all encouraged, ate some food themselves, and we were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, oh wow, they got purpose again. They're not drifting any longer. The only thing that gets you out of a storm, quit drifting. My dad was in the Navy. He was fought Korean War. Lived in East Texas. I know it's hard for people to believe in Colorado because we, we got like one lake really in the whole state, it seems like. I know there's some other smaller ones, but everyone comes to our lake because it's big. Where I was raised in East Texas, within 15 minutes of my home were six lakes. I was raised with a boat. I was raised on the water. My dad could, re- could re- read the water. He could read the clouds. And I, I learned so many lessons. But, but here's what I, one of the early lessons I learned. There are a couple of times we were, we were in a storm on, on a huge lake, Lake Palestine in, 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 in Texas. And, and we got caught. And uh, um, my dad taught me in that storm that, that the only way out of a storm is to face the bow of the boat into the storm and into the waves so it breaks it up. That's what the bow does. That if you ever get sideways, you'll capsize. You don't navigate through a storm by ignoring that there's not a storm. You don't get through a storm by saying, it's really not a big deal. It's really not a storm. We'll just kind of act like it doesn't exist. Uh, you never get through a storm that way. Fact is, it will take you down. And Paul understood that. And so he magnified the Lord. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship. They th- they throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, they got a plan. They're not drifting. Who gave them the plan? Paul. Why? Because Paul's focus is not on circumstances. Paul's focus is on God. They got a plan. 
to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and they let them in the sea. And at the same time, loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. Listen, let me tell you something. God's word never, never, never has promised you to take you around the storm. I'll take you through it. And I'll be there with you. I'll take you through it. What is going on in your life right now that you're ignoring? What emotional things are working in your life right now that you're pretending that is not even a problem? Paul says, face it head on. And, Paul, and God didn't say that when you go through that storm, it'll be easy. Never said that. But when you go through the storm, I will be with you. Verse 22. Now I urge you to take heart. Why? Because they lost heart. They gave up. They're done. Now Paul's encouraging them. For there will be no loss of life among you. In other words, you're going to make it. The ship's not, but only the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom, watch this, to whom I belong and to whom I am willing to worship. Listen, you don't wait till after the storm to worship him. You worship him before the storm and you worship him in the storm. It is a declaration of what he is going to do. Paul got that. The reason Paul was not breaking up like everything around him, his circumstances, the ship, the prisoners, you know why? Because he knew who he belonged to and he knew who he was willing to worship. That's why the next statement, he goes on and says, do not be afraid. Paul, is God telling him, Paul, you must stand before Caesar and behold. There's a reason why that word is in there. The Christmas story, remember the angels? Behold. Remember they said that a lot in the New Testament? And behold God. Why? Because it was a reminder that you behold him. That you worship him. And that when you behold him and you worship him, you know who he is and you know that he can be trusted. I'm telling you, the most critical thing in in a storm of life is to stand and proclaim him and to worship him. And many times those are the values that get cast off in those times. So take heart, men. Here's another definition of biblical faith. For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. That's faith. Doesn't matter about the circumstances. Doesn't matter about the storm. Doesn't matter about the majority. Doesn't matter about what everybody is saying. God has told me. God has told me. And it will be exactly as he has said. Verse 41. But striking a a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable. And the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners. Oh, wait a minute. Now they're going to kill Paul. They're going to kill the prisoners. But remember, even in the midst of the storm, God is still sovereign. Even in the midst of the storm, God is still in control. Even in the midst of your storm, your shipwreck, God is still in control. And he was in control of this one. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners. 
lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. And the rest on planks or or on pieces of the ship. And so it was. That all were brought safely to land. Just as God had said. God said the ship isn't going to make it. But you are. Some of you may be in a storm right now. And you may have to get to the shore the best way you can and on broken pieces. But you're going to make it. Because he has said that I will be with you. God may have brought you here this morning for you to simply hear. Don't give up. Grow up. Trust him. Mature in him. Don't allow yourself to drift. Don't allow yourself to give up on that dream that God has planted in your heart. Don't allow yourself to give up on the purpose of your life. Don't throw away your convictions. Don't throw away your morality. Don't throw away your relationship to God. Don't throw away your worship. Don't throw away the people that are around you that are trying to speak truth into your life. It's an interesting thing about this story. It still blows me away every time I read it. Everything and everyone was breaking apart except for the Apostle Paul. Why? Because his focus was not on circumstances, his focus was not on situations, but his focus was on God and God alone. What in your life? You need to deal with. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?